0: You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all welcome back to Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark and joining me as always is Hyung and John. So off the top, right away, for episode 36, I wanted to quickly touch upon this past weekend's NFL Divisional Round Playoffs, which arguably was one of the most exciting football matches we've seen in a long time. Uh, But instead of asking you guys about the games, since by this time, since by the time this episode airs, we'll know the two teams that are going to the Super Bowl, I wanted to ask you instead, out of the four remaining QBs left as of this recording, What do you think will happen to their card values if any of them make it to the Super Bowl? So let's start off with the team that's probably favored to win now, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City
1: Chiefs. What do you think will happen if he goes back to the Super Bowl? There is no doubt in my mind that his prices are going to skyrocket again (laughs) if, you know, he wins another Super Bowl. Like, absolutely. Uh, Because we've seen his prices where they were. We've seen the retraction but then I think this is kind of like that upward plane that you see on, you know, over a year kind of span on that chart. Right. So hmm. I think the, the the where you have to be careful is these are the, you know, the peaks that that end up, you know, uh, because of, you know, the news or something like a Super Bowl. Right. So right. I think it will eventually correct itself again if he does win the Super Bowl. But yeah, on the long term, I think his cards are going to definitely take an impact if he wins another Super Bowl
0: crazy yeah
2: yeah i think it's gonna go it's gonna go up it's tough because Mahomes' cards peaked when all of cards peaked sort of like that february 2021 area right uh, right after the super bowl i can't imagine it going back to those prices but i could see maybe like 80 percent of that price which is a good step That that's not a bad thing um yeah yeah so i mean it, it, it'll be huge um it's crazy to think, man. At the beginning of the season, when he was struggling. Like people were just like, "Oh, I'm off. I'm off, Mahomes." Like yeah. You know, he's, he's he's good, but he's not Brady or you know whatever. I'm right? you, like, this is what this whatever is what day trading that. does, man. It I know, you know, it's crazy. You,
1: you watch every game and you analyze in the smallest scope of yeah. frame. Yeah. That why you invested in the first place, you know, is is thrown out completely. It's it's game by game analytics from there. Yeah. 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 For sure.
2: What I'm most sad about is. That during that time, I think that was right um, when we were about to go to those uh, Toronto sports card shows. Yeah, and we were like talking about trying to pick up the optic holo. I'm sad, like I mean, we didn't see the prices that we liked, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But man, had there been one for around three k at that point, I wish we could have picked up on that. But anyways,
0: yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you guys. I think there's going to be a new floor for Mahomes cards if he goes back to the Super Bowl and wins. And then it just kind of builds from there. Because, I mean, if you look at his playoff stats, it's ridiculous. I think I just read it. He's 8-2 and two now. And the two losses came against Brady both times. Once with the Patriots, once yeah, with the that's Buccaneers. Crazy. But, um, yeah, he's Brady's out. So, I, <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to He's gonna. It's go definitely wide open,
1: yeah. And yeah. it's going to be interesting to see because, obviously, you know, Joe Burrow is the other, you know, surprising I yeah. guess factor. There was it was funny because uh, there there was a meme or not a meme. I po- I like to post a lot of memes, but uh, there there was a I guess it's facts about Cincinnati, and it said nobody in human history has ever sent a text message about the Bengals <laughs> winning a playoff game. <laughs> the Bengals last was I saw that. Hang on, the Bengals last playoff win was in 1991. The first text message <laughs> was in yeah. 1992. That That's just so blows m- blows my mind, and the fact that. You know, we could even say Joe Burrow's. You know, competing for a Super Bowl. You know, at least the title right now is is pretty insane. So I think his prices are going to be affected as well if he does something sure. stupid. But again, yeah. it's 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 the same thing. It's 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 these uh, spikes in the news, and obviously it's a huge accomplishment. And in the long term, that will uh, definitely you know affect card prices in a positive way but i think it's gonna the it's gonna shoot up and it's been shooting up joe burrow actually yeah uh, his cards have been uh pretty crazy this year uh so it's gonna be interesting to see after you know february when you mm-hmm. know baseball starts getting hot again to see where prices go yeah mm-hmm. what do you think john would you guys
2: uh <laughs> i have a side thought would you guys buy any of these four quarterbacks right now would you guys recommend a buy
1: you could answer that,
0: Clark. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, I it just everything's going higher from this point on until until their team is out. So, right, you know, exactly. if you want a card, you might as well wait. Right. Um, for the off season. Yeah, if but, you
1: believe in the player, I think it's just the wrong time to buy it. Yeah. If you yeah. if you believe in the player in the first, or if you just believe in the player because he just won a Super Bowl, then that's probably the wrong reason to win it because, or to go in it, right? So it, it yeah, it all depends. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you
2: guys. I just mentioned that because, you know, we we talked about this many times, but this is the, the absolute worst time to buy. Like nobody, if you have these guys, you should definitely think about selling. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely like the the buy window is is long gone. Um, yeah, yeah. These these most of these guys will, you know, unless we see Stafford win it or something like that, will be like a brand completely brand new territory, and like Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. But but um, yeah, mostly I think mostly mostly sell.
0: Yeah, I think we all agree that Joe Burrow cards are already going out. We've seen it. Um, If he goes somehow beats the Chiefs and goes to the Super Bowl, that'll spike even more. Um, But what do you think about the other side, the NFC? Matthew Stafford. So, this is his first time getting this far in the playoffs. He's played for a lousy Detroit Lions for a number of years, and now he's taking the next step. And if you look at his cards, it's relatively cheap compared to joe Burrow, compared obviously to patrick mahomes so what do you think of stafford cards
1: do you think it's just a blip or i i i'm the same way to like or sorry like with like jimmy g for instance like guys that are you know they're they're solid players solid careers but i don't think there's enough demand and that's mm-hmm. it, it's it, you see it in all all the sports right where you know someone who's putting 20 points per game Let's even say yeah. Tatum at, at at this point, right? But not saying I'm saying Tatum has like great upside, but like someone like Stafford, there's he's not going to get love. And maybe over the, a five year period, I I believe his prices may go up because of what he might accomplish in the next five years. But I don't see uh, the volatility, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. that you see with Mahomes and kind of like even Joe, Joe Burrow, Justin Herberts of the world, uh, Tom Brady's even, right? So, yeah, I all much respect to all pro athletes like you know they they don't get the love but yeah i think they're gonna they're gonna lack on the on the demand side for for their cards no matter what they do i think you might see a little bump if they do something stupid in the next couple of weeks but i don't sure. see their cards holding true value in terms of sustainability okay right
2: i still i mean i still like stafford i i, I he was one of my picks at the beginning of the oh, season yeah. um good pick <laughs> thanks man I, I mean, I still like him. I think he's a really good quarterback. But in terms of value, I I will agree with Young. Stafford would be the type of pickup where you're sort of holding a bit long-term and you're not expecting two, three, four, five X returns. Um, but I mean, right now, it's right now, if you were to get into Stafford, um, probably a little bit higher than normal. And you're just gambling. You're just literally, literally gambling that he's going to win it because it's it's win or bust for some of these values, right? Like he literally has to win it for it to get to a new floor. Um, if he doesn't win it here, it'll just kind of be, you know, stay, stay status quo, right? So right. Um, I still like the purchase. It's just not, you won't see like insane returns on on a pick like this. This is kind of like picking up Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of going to be kind of like a slow into the Hall of Fame kind of progression sort of value. So it's, it's really... Uh, it's really up to the, the purchaser or whoever's buying.
1: Like a yeah. Nolan Aeronado kind of. Exactly. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. It's like no love, just no yeah. love. Yeah. But, but the stats are impressive, right? The yeah, stats exactly. are always impressive. Right. right. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I agree. Uh, not much more to add. Stafford is. In my opinion, one of the more underrated QBs. Like he's been around a while. He's been putting up numbers despite being on lousy teams. I think he's a Hall of Famer for sure when his career is done. And if he he wins the Super Bowl at least once, he's kind of cemented that status. Mm -hmm. So Stafford's a long term hold. Jimmy G, I mean, Niners are squeaking out victories. You know, (laughs) they're almost winning. You know, yeah, (laughs) any way possible. It's not on Jimmy G. He's not taking, you know, He's he's not carrying the team per se, so yeah, I'm not I'm out on Jimmy G. Yeah. But uh, if you have him, sell right. Yeah, it's a good time. If you All have right.
2: him, I mean, you could get something for him right now rather than nothing, which is normal. Great so totally sell <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. So we'll see what happens uh, in a couple weeks when Super Bowl takes place. Uh, but I want to ask you guys before we close this off the top segment, our initial Super Bowl picks. They're all out. Terrible. I think um, Young yeah. <laughs> chose the Cowboys. He was out first. I chose the Packers. Rogers again blew it. Yeah. And then um, Bucks. Uh, Bucks for John. Oh man, you know, yeah. he's last to go. So let's just do this again. We we have one in four shot. Who are you picking for the Super Bowl?
1: Oh man, you know what? what? The, 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 the problem <laughs> is the problem is by next week we could be wrong again. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> So it's like it's like you're shooting yourself in the f- foot with this with these picks but at yeah. this point I got I got to give it to Mahomes man like the yeah. the ta- the table's out set for him I mean he's big time player big time moment I'm I'm looking forward to it
0: Yeah I think it is a Chiefs sweep right Okay so let me Absolutely. ask you then <laughs> Who who would be your bet for underdog that just kind of can win you know can might beat the Chiefs and might you know get to the Super Bowl and win it all if it's not the Chiefs
1: Go for it, John. It's
2: got to it's gotta be the Rams for me. Like, no question, because... Stafford, yeah. G, yeah I have zero... G, I don't even know how... Sanford. If I was Green Bay... If I was a Green Bay fan, I would be... I'm so thankful I'm not. I would be so upset. Like, I don't know how they won. Like, Jimmy G literally didn't do anything, and they won the game. It's insane. So I cannot see... Like, I don't see it. I don't see them beating Matt Stafford and the Rams. And um as much as Joe Burrow fans... Probably hate to hear this. I don't see them beating Mahomes either. Okay, Stafford
0: sweep or uh, Rams right. sweep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watch it be Bengals and uh, yeah. DVG Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> versus Burrow. You know, if it's Bengals and Niners, we're never talking football again. Yeah, I know. No, no, exactly I guess, okay, sure. let Let's agree 100% upon I that. I agree. Yeah, We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're out. We're we're out. out. <laughs> All right. So let's move on then to our next segment: hobby headlines. So in baseball, the big news this past week was the Baseball Hall of Fame induction, or should I say the non-induction of certain key players in this, Again, this steroid era. So namely, of course, is Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens we're talking about, which essentially makes it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for them to get into the Hall now that they're off the ballot after being on it for 10 years, right? So I, I think we're all kind of on the same side about whether barry or roger should have been in the hall so so i don't really want to get into the debate of whether it's deserved or not but instead i want to discuss more generally what impact certain real world news might have on sports card values so let's start with the hall of fame induction it's natural i think to think if a player gets into the hall they might see a bump in their rookie card values but i want to ask is that true like or conversely you can say if they don't make it Are you expecting a drop off in value like for Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens? What do you what do you think it's going to happen with their card values? I
1: I think it's absolutely true. Um, How much it goes, how much it spikes up is probably not the true value, though. Hmm. So I think I think that that's a stipulation of kind of like a huge accomplishment in one's career. Right. It should, you know, bump up the prices of cards at that moment. Probably not the way it does. But and vice versa, I think now that Barry Bonds, you know, might not be eligible for the Hall of Fame. I don't know if his cards will, I guess, uh, break new records um, per se. Right. So um, but I think, yeah, it it absolutely has to impact the the prices. And that's with all sports. Um, Yeah. And I I always look at cards in the long term. There's no other way to look at cards other than the long term. And that's why it gets tricky because had we not had, I guess, uh, a day trading system such as eBay, obviously there wouldn't be comps. There there would be a lot more, I guess, sense in investing and collecting because we all go under the intention of, you know, oh, this guy's going to be a GOAT or, you know, it's the potential that this player has. And then we, we we watch game by game and we totally forget why we invest in that player, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, 100% for me, I think um, something like the Hall of Fame and just big news in general does help the value of cards. But yeah, uh, for sorry, for Hall of Fame, absolutely. Okay.
2: Hmm. Right. You know, I, I think everybody obviously is trying to replicate what happened with the, the Jordan documentary. Is obviously perfect timing you know yeah. we we all know all the reasons why it was such a such a phenomenon um and then i think the tiger one people were kind of i think that's probably the next one to come out right um yeah. everybody was kind of trying to do the same thing and it obviously kind of uh, a lot of people were left holding the bag yeah uh, i think at this point you know they always say uh sell the rumor not the news in investment platforms um That'll still obviously hold true, but now it's up to everybody to try to figure out what's that point, what's that rumor point for some of these things, right? Like Drive to Survive, Netflix PGA Tour, um, like World Cup. Everybody is aware of the seasonality changes. Everybody's aware of certain big events. You know, like, for example, the World Cup, everybody keeps saying, oh, like the Mbappe, this, that, blah, 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 is going to be huge. World Cup's coming up. But when the World Cup actually comes up and everybody and their moms are listing their Mbappe cards. It's gonna go down, right? So like, it's too late. Yeah, it's way too late. So now I think now everybody it's it's up to everybody to because tr- everybody's smart. They're 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 trying to play that system, right? If, and if everybody's doing it, it's not gonna work. So you, it's up to us to kind of figure out when is that rumor season? When is that point where you feel it's it's time? Like the hype is a little bit it's growing. Maybe you won't take like max profits. But this is sort of the time to go, right? So I think that's gonna. Hopefully, I, you guys understand what I'm what I'm trying to get at. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of going to be the challenge now in all of these um, TV shows or uh, events that that we know could bump up values. Um, yeah, it's it, the the timing of when to sell will become important.
0: Yeah, no, I I get I get the nuance of everything now. Like hobbyists and people coming into it are definitely more educated. Um and, and know when the spikes should happen. So you gotta always think a step ahead. And I actually wanted to dig in deeper with those different docu-series you already mentioned and uh, with the major sporting events. So we'll get into that in a second. But um using the Hall of Fame, going back to that as an example, I think when the hobby was hot, any piece of news would just spike the card values. Like I, you know, it was just it was automatic. But now that the card market's kind of settled down and we're where we are now, I think it's not automatic. So okay. like um, you kind of mentioned it with the Tiger documentary, like people almost expected it to have the same effect as the Last Dance documentary with Michael Jordan cards. But I don't think it happened in the same way. And I think the Hall of Fame is similar. Like it's not an automatic that certain card values will peak. It, right. there's, it depends on the player now, right? It mm-hmm. depends on, you know, whether... The players liked or or whether you know what the public perception is of certain players you know and um so i think i think it's just more nuanced than that and but i do agree now on the flip side with barry bonds if we look at his card values like what else would make a spike there's you know he's out of the game now right, right? and and there's not going to be a lot of news unless you know, unless he somehow gets into the hall in a, from a backdoor kind of way. And then maybe he's back in the news and that'll spike the values. But, you know, there's no foreseeable thing that I could think of that would all of a sudden peak his prices. So. I think
1: I think you make a good point. And like, that's where I was kind of alluding to is marketing runs our world, right? Mm-hmm. So all, when you see, you know, stuff like the Netflix documentary, um, like the a- HBO uh, Tiger Woods, and stuff like that. I I believe it's a form of marketing that gets attention. Yeah. Right. So, in in reality, does should the value of a card on a supply demand range like go up in value? It could because now you just have more eyes basically on that, and you might potentially have more b- buyers with the same amount of supply. Right, and this is what usually happens as people day trade the the prices correct itself, right? But something like the Olympics, World Cup, um, Hall of Fame, these are more things that solidify someone's career path, right? And I think that's that's the the selling point for me of what they could accomplish. It's not a fake marketing like shill almost, where it's yeah. like oh, there's a hype of Tiger Woods documentary. So let, let's get, cause in reality, nothing really happened. I think if in, in reality, maybe the accident might've spiked the price in, in weird ways because people were starting to think about Tiger in a real sense of, was he the greatest golfer? Is he gonna even survive? Is he gonna live? So those are more real questions. So I, I feel like those Netflix documentaries and the hype, kind of like the hype and uh, even like Super Bowls, for instance, mm-hmm. like all this, I think it's all hype. It's all marketing and true value yeah on on the long term if things people do it do things successful like the Joe Burrow uh situation if he ends up winning a Super Bowl yeah long term i could see his cards definitely on a on a long run right just because but it shouldn't spike like crazy and be more expensive than let's just say you know someone who's accomplished more in their career for instance okay. right so that's where i i kind of see through the the fluff of the marketing and try to focus on again. That's why I kind of alluded to the long-term perspective on investing, right? Why did you originally invest in the card? I think that's the right way to look at it because these sporting events, yeah, it might be great for flipping and profit because you could time the market, but that's not originally why I personally got in the game. Right. So I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess gray areas in what we're talking about with the docu series, major sporting events. But I do feel like some are true. you mm-hmm. know, some hold true value in terms of what you know that event might you know cause for cards to go up.
0: yeah, mm-hmm. no, I see that for sure. and I, I like your point about the whole marketing aspect of different sports. you know, get more eyeballs on it, more interest, right. and then you increase the the buy side, right? Right. And, and- that's
1: why I like the f one. Kind of like the F1 market is because if they could uh, get the right amount of eyes on it, it could totally Mm -hmm. change because the supply really doesn't change. But what will that do to if you have more players in the game, right? Right.
2: I'd be be interested to see the movement of Barry Bond's cards right now. Because I feel like whether he was announced to go into the hall and the reality was he didn't, there's still conversation around Barry Bond's. And that's good enough for him to be top of mind and people to be buying. Because I don't think really, if you're a Barry Bonds fan or if you're a baseball fan, I don't think this induction or non-induction really changes your mind about who you think Barry Bonds is. 100%. You either think he's one of the greatest of all time or you think he's a complete cheat, right? It won't change you. So just the fact that the conversation is happening, good or bad, you know, like any publicity is good publicity. I I could imagine Barry Bonds cards right now Maybe not. They're not spiking, but they're selling. You know, like last mm-hmm. week they were, ah. there was no
1: Barry Bonds sold, and this week there could have been thirty. Right. I'll, I'll right. say something. Uh, stuff like his tops Tiffany, like we're talking really high big, end stuff. Yeah. They will never go down. I, right. I I guarantee you, they're on a long run still, and they're gonna potentially fetch record breaking sales. Eventually, you know, as crazy right. as that sounds, but yeah, in general, like your 80, 1986 tops traded Barry Bonds PSA ten. I've seen it anywhere from you know, in the last three years from 70 bucks to a thousand mm-hmm. down to 80 up to 500 down <laughs> to 100. So it's like, yeah. I could see that happening with, with that card again. Right. And yeah, but in, and in terms of the like super high end stuff, I don't think, and when I say super high end, it's back then it was only, you know, tops <laughs> Tiffany, <really. laughs> it's like the, the gloss stock or gloss back. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Because the supply is is right. always it, be small, right? It's just too small, right? And there's too many people that, like John said, believe in Barry Bonds. Like exactly. he is the great. For me, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. Period. Boom. I said it. Like to me, like you <laughs> hot know, take in in his in in his era. I'm telling you, man. I yeah. I I was playing professional baseball in his era. There are so many cheaters. <laughs> so it's like I guess it's the saying where cheaters versus um, cheaters, man. Yeah. COVID. yeah it's yeah. like if you don't get caught that's the stipulation yeah. it's like no, we I, need to give ourselves a shake but anyways I, we said we're not going to talk about we're this not going to talk debate. about it <laughs> but
0: but there there is some truth to what you're saying yeah like uh, uh you know without going into it further the yeah. there's a lot of articles where mlb there's been cheaters since 1908 oh, man, to the like, present too. right yeah different exactly. kinds and then and then it's weird that we're kind of singling this incident out And punishing the people that are involved in Come on, Bud Seeley
1: can't be in the Hall of Fame and Barry (laughs)
0: Bond's not. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, like with Barry Bonds and we'll go on to the next subject after this. Um, yeah, one of the reasons why it like I actually checked prices over the last week and it's pretty consistent. About five hundred dollars now for PSA ten tops traded. Right. Um, is because the volume. Like there's fifty thousand of those graded. (laughs) Right. right? And and um, you know, like about five or six thousand are PSA ten. So the supply is you know, junk wax era, right? But, um, but with Tiffany, yeah, you're right. It's like 15, sixteen thousand now. Like those aren't going down any anytime yeah. soon, because um, you'll have that demand. Like you said, right. there are people that love Barry Bonds, and I agree. Like I saw a clip of um, on Twitter where you know someone said the fear that Barry Bonds had to put in a team when they walked him with the bases loaded. Unreal. <laughs> all the <time>. I remember
2: <laughs> yeah. that. You'll never I see that again. We, you'll never see we that. We watch again. that all the yeah. time. That was insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was that's that's crazy. That's just ins- unheard of. It's like yeah. you know what? We'll give one run because we don't want, yeah. you know, potential. We don't four. want a grand slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's just ridiculous. That's yeah, respect. his he was he was he was putting up Nintendo numbers yeah. Uh, yeah. in the in the two thousands. Like it was stupid. And I I was a big fan, like growing up watching him uh, in the nineties when he was with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, that was like. Like how I knew about Barry Bonds, like holy jeez, him, Bobby Pena, <laughs> those those big names, Bobby right? Bania. So yeah. yeah, so the fact that Barry did it in three, I guess, decades, just dominating, crazy, and getting yeah. better and better. It's it's like in the nineties, he unbelievable numbers, and then in the two thousands, like Nintendo numbers, right? So. <laughs>
0: Okay. This could be like the Barry Bond show, but we'll move on. <laughs> 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 um, we touched upon the series, like Netflix's um, Drive to Survive with F1. Actually, let's dig in a bit deeper. Do you think, you know, what we all said about the marketing, do you think there's substance there for F1 cars to continue to grow? Or do you think it's one of those things where it's good for one or two seasons? So let's start with Drive to Survive. And then uh, right after, uh, if you have a thought on, The upcoming netflix series of on the pga tour will that highlight golf in a different way where more people will be interested
1: in the sport what do you guys think i i certainly hope so i think i think it's going to encourage uh the game itself and i think as people um you know buy into that i think there's going to be a lot more people um you know Uh, dabbling into cards right especially Mm -hmm. the the niche like hockey golf you know areas where there's so much you know potential like f1 and i hope that you know this could shine light in a positive way Um, especially in those areas because i think uh, if if those sports pick up that just proves that the card market is a real market right and when, when when we're seeing it across multiple industries or sports let's say and it could go into, you know, Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, Marvel, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's all the same concept, right? So to me, that's a strong bullish sign. And that's why I've, I've always been bullish because it's not like, you know, will this work and will it work in one market or other? I, I think it's a lot bigger than what what we're even we can even imagine because we're in still uh, in such a uh, infant stages of of an industry right so there's so much room to develop so I'm hoping that all these you know um, documentaries all these you know um, record-breaking sales and news they're all positive you know um, positive uh, news that fundamentals that affect the card market in a positive way so I'm all for it yeah yeah uh, I hope so too,
2: but I'm I'm a little I'm a little pessimistic on Drive to Survive and and F1 series. We I I mentioned it before. I'm still a little weary. Like I'm I'm I still can't get a grasp of whether F1 is completely organic and everybody's really that into it, or the market right now. It's been a pattern that the market is continually trying to find the next big thing, right? And F1 came out. And the cards came out. It was pretty popular. It was, it was right at the time where we were ripping and the hobby was kind of exploding. And it just happened to have a low print run because I guess Topps wasn't sure whether this was going to be big or not. And it was just the right formula of a kind of everything happening at once. And obviously for guys like us that are not really into F1, but we're seeing the prices go down Astronomical—it's going to catch our attention, and I think that's kind of what was happening. I feel like that's a big component of why F one in the sports card industry has been so crazy. And so I'm not sure if that the, the prices right now, like Hyung was saying, is sort of like false prices based on the marketing and the fluff, or if this is actually real. So I'm I'm still, I think we recommended Lewis Hamilton because it's clear in the sports card scene people are very bullish on goats. And doesn't matter the sport, goats are sort of like rock solid. So I think Lewis Hamilton is fine. But outside of that, um, I'm still I, I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm yeah. not as completely bullish about F1. I I want to kind of wait and see to see exactly what happens because sure. you know the market just can just be like hey let's let's just move on to the next greatest and the best thing and then it's sort of left in the dust right
0: right yeah. no that's totally fair totally fair um, I only have. Uh... One or two points on this. The first one is, I think, for docu series, the quality matters of how it's produced. Good point. And I think we all agree that, or most people will agree that, Drive to Survive is a well-produced docu series. It's, you know, keeps your attention. I actually started watching. Season three. I didn't watch season one or two. I just started right at season three, and uh, I've been binge watching it for about a week. So it's caught my attention. So and it's all about it's all about character development, right? Like you can find good characters in it, like you can with F one drivers. Then you got a good formula. No pun intended. But um, the second thing, (laughs) the second thing is, it depends on the sport itself too. Like I think F one has the potential to grow because. F1 is international. Like, I think it's kind of like soccer in a lot of ways where in North America, it's not huge, but in the rest of the world, it is. Absolutely. Right? Like, it's just, you know, we have this, like, kind of tunnel vision of what's happening in North America. But I think as a hobby grows, and that includes outside of North America, um, it has the power to sustain sports like F1 mm-hmm. and and soccer especially that's kind of on the forefront as well mm-hmm. so i think those two points kind of stand out for me to keep in mind whether a sport is going to it's going to grow in the hobby right. and it's not always and it, like going back to the quality point like there's been a documentary on tony parker you're not seeing his card spike or right, it hasn't yeah, done anything right, right. Uh, even neymar there's a i just saw a, a netflix special on, that's right and you know neymar's a great player but you know like no one's talking about the neymar documentary right yeah, now right. Um, so it depends on what people are talking about how well it's produced uh, right. so that's
1: something to keep in mind yeah you, you know I, I pulled up uh, something interesting where uh, the viewership of f1 in 2017 it was at 470 million and by 2019 wow. they got it up to 1.9 billion okay wow. this was before the docu right so yeah. if you just put it into perspective we talk about like neymar it's like how many this is why i believe well just coming from a marketing background to me, it's, it's, it's big because what F1 did was they captured captivated their audience. Hmm. And for me, it's a numbers game from here is how many captivated audience can they make that correlation now with sports cards? Right. And that's where I think it could really take off is it's, it's one of the biggest, like you said, it's, it's the biggest viewership, you mm-hmm. know, probably worldwide in terms of any sport. And, they just never been marketed to. If I had 1.9 billion people to market to, geez louise, like Mm. for me, it's like, this is, this is any salesperson's dream. Right. So like, uh, I see it that way and I see the huge potential in that. And obviously the, the merging of technology as well. So we don't know where this industry is going to go, but yeah, just pulling out that fact of, you know, three X growth in terms of viewership, Crazy. you know, in, in, in two, three seasons. And that was with done with intention. Right. Um, they, they intentionally did that. So it's just a wide, a wider view of audience that really intrigues yeah. me so much. Right. So it's like they ain't printing any more tops, Chrome, Sapphire, you know, Lewis right. Hamilton's right. So it's like that pop reports probably going to stay somewhat relative. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just add, you know, 1.9 billion people into that market. You know, that's yeah. my thinking. Crazy.
2: So. Yeah. Right, and it's, and its perspective.
1: We all sit here in North
2: America. You know, if, right. if we were doing this podcast and we were living in like London, England, F one is life. Right. Like it would be Absolutely. completely different, right? Hundred so exactly. percent.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: totally agree. Okay, um, and I just want to close off this segment. And we already talked about this too, but more specifically with major sporting events like the Olympics coming up in February and uh, World Cup later on this year in Qatar. What do you think that will do to card market values? And, you know, I know the NHL players aren't sending anyone to the Winter Olympics, which Ooh. is a damn shame. Yeah. But right. just say they did, or maybe for the next one in four years. Uh, do you think that something like that could impact hockey card values, like as an example?
1: I think so. Because it, it's adding to people's legacies, right? And that's at the end of the day, that's what usually happens. It's If they don't win, they're not going to... Like if, let's just say... Uh, um you know, uh, talk about the World Cup. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if whoever pick up soccer player, Sonny, let's just say, he doesn't win a World Cup. If he wins a World Cup, of course, his his prices are going to, you know, take an effect because he just account- put something on his, you know, resume that, you know, a lot of people sure. don't have. So for me, it's it's part of those things where, like, like a Hall of Fame, where it's a chance where, you know, the superstar players can build, Part of their legacy, right? So it's, right. you're just witnessing it. So whether they do it or not, you know, l- let's just see it in the course of 10 years, though, right? It's yeah. not this moment, this year that, you know, it prices are going to rocket because of a certain player. It's mm. it's more so soccer is going to be, you know, a lot of people are going to be watching soccer this summer. So it's for sure a great time to sell, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's, mm. yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Olympics is such a shame because I think hockey. You know, everybody's, you know, talking about hockey right now and it's feels like the hockey card market is sort of bubbling and it just needs that one springboard. And I think Olympics was going to be that springboard. So it's really sad as a, as number one, as a hockey fan, it's sad. And then number two, as a sports card collector, you know, if you, if you're one out there that's sitting on a lot of hockey cards, like this was a huge moment, especially if if you're sitting on a bunch of like McDavid, Crosby and Ovechkin cards like this would have been huge right but yeah it's it's a it's a shame it's too bad
0: yeah i like what you said too about like investing in superstar players it would like it, it i don't think it would impact just anyone that's involved in the olympics or or in the world cup but it could have a potential great impact on superstar players that are more likely to make key plays during those competitions and then people are like oh i want sonny's card because he just scored the game-winning goal for korea or you know um you know sid crosby when he got the golden goal i'm sure when if cards were hot back then crosby's card would have been one of the hottest on the market for sure um so i think i think that's right so one thing i'm kind of glad about is i didn't trade in my shohei otani for nathan mckinnon (laughs) since the the canada's not playing so, whew, dodged the bullet there.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I think uh, this was a good discussion to have. It's just like I think um, some people, you know, some people in the hobby might think like any news is good news and it just spikes. But I think there's a lot of nuance now, and you just gotta like, you know, young you mentioned long term is probably the best way to see things, uh, the best perspective to have. Um, but yeah, just be aware of what's going on and how how it could impact prices because it's gonna have some impact. But to what degree is the big question, right? So, so yeah, good discussion. All right, let's, um, let's move on then to a new segment we're calling Hockey Highlights. Now, this segment is in response to one of the feedbacks we received for this podcast to talk more hockey. So, here it is. And we asked John, who is our resident hockey guy, to take over this segment. And I'm going to ask him to highlight his top five or 10 list of hockey cards he would invest in. All right, so John, take it away.
2: All right, pretty excited about this. Um, Sadly, I don't own any of these cards, (laughs) but I would love to at some point. Um, So I'm going to break it down. Uh, My top five vintage and top five modern. It's not necessarily what I believe are like the best investments or the most expensive cards on the list. I just think that these are... Um. Yeah. They're, they're they're among the the top ten players of all time, in my opinion, and I mm-hmm. think they're great purchases. So, in vintage, uh, vintage is actually really expensive. But we're gonna go in order from lowest to 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 highest. Okay. At number five, I have um, you know, no vintage is, you know, a list without a Montreal Canadian. For those that don't follow hockey, Montreal Canadian is probably the one, mo- the most historic and decorated you know, team of all time. is basically the New York Yankees of hockey. So you got to have a bunch of Canadian on, on here as much as it hurts me to say that as a Leaf fan. <laughs> so the 51, 51, Parkers, Maurice Richard, um, mm. you know, the Rocket Richard trophy. Yeah. He's one of the best players of all time. I think his name continues to be relevant, especially because of the uh, the trophy itself. It's a pretty new trophy. Um, and it's goal scoring. Like Rocket Richard was known for goal scoring. That's like the sexiest thing in hockey. It's it's a you're you're a home run hitter in baseball, right? So I got Maurice Richard, fifty one Parkhurst rookie card uh at number five. Now the fifty one Parkhurst, these cards are really, really hard to get. I think it's like it's like trying to find Mickey Mantle, like you know, fifty two okay. Mickey Mantle. So um number four is sixty six tops Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr's rookie. Nice. I don't know if you remember the image, but it kind of looks it's yeah. kinda has like a wood border, it looks like he's in a TV. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. Yeah, Iconic, yeah. yeah.
2: Iconic card, absolutely. So if you're going to get a Bobby Orr rookie, like the Bobby Orr rookie card, arguably for some greatest player of all time, I have him at at number two all time. Um, So we got Bobby Orr. Number three, this is kind of... um, This card is kind of like the Mickey Mantle of hockey. It's the 54 Tops Gordie Howe. Mm. Um, It's just a beautiful looking card. Uh, it's still super low pop in any condition. It's pretty hard to find, but they're out there. Like if you go on eBay, you can find it at PSA 1, PSA 4. They are quite expensive. Um, so this is one of those vintage Gordie Howe top five for most people, um, regularly traded cards. Uh, it's it's a grail card for many, many collectors, mm. hockey and vintage. Um, at number two, we got another Gordie Howe. So I can't mention the 54 oh, wow. tops. Without the 51 Parkers, so the 51 Parkers, the same set as the Maurice Richard, this is Gordy Howe's rookie card. So this is actually like the Honus Wagner of hockey. Mm, okay. Like I don't even know how many are are out there in existence. Like like a hundred? Not I don't know. Maybe less than 500. Like there's this is a yeah. super super rare card. So if you can even get one authentic, it's gonna cost you a lot. But this is one of those like all time Grail vintage cards for any like major uh, hockey collector. And number one, you gotta put in 1979 Gretzky Opeachy. Like right. this is the you know across vintage and modern this is the iconic card of all time yeah. of of the GOAT. I Gretzky's the goat to me. Um so you gotta gotta put that card and I know some people will kind of argue because there's a lot of them in existence versus some of these other vintage cards. But You can't not put Gretzky at number one. There's enough
1: players in the game. There's enough uh, people buying in the game. Seriously, yeah, Yeah, exactly. At
0: at at that card, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look look at just look at the value of the cards that are selling for right now. Still, but yeah, I I would have thought if you didn't include that on your list as number one, you would have lost all credibility (laughs) and shut down would have shut down the segment right now. You just you just literally
1: (laughs) took me down memory lane of flipping through Beckett price guides. And seeing those cards. <laughs> those cards. Seriously. I know. Yeah. Nostalgia, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Even like the Ken Dryden rookies, you know, like <laughs> that's a big one too, for sure. Yeah, they're just they're just very iconic that as a kid it. it's so nostalgic, right? So yeah. it's like well, all those cards you mentioned, I just remember looking through Beckett's, looking through <laughs> the magazines just being in awe. Yeah. 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 Good times. The
2: number five spot okay. I flip flopped, so I have an honorable mention, which is the fifty eight tops, Bobby Hall. Uh, rookie card oh, that's volleyball. another huge right. in the history of sports card collecting for hockey that's that's a huge card that people buy and trade and it's on their sure. grill list so that's up there too for the Gretzky I gotta make a distinction for obviously hockey fans and collectors this is a sort of a duh moment <laughs> but um, it's it's the Opeachy Gretzky not the Topps right. Gretzky Right. so right. I think it was in 79 <laughs> where Opeachy got a deal with Topps and from 79 to 89 or whatever like A 10 year period, uh, they pretty much made the exact same cards. There's a tops version yeah. and an OPG version, but and Hobby what's the Logic, best way to look, yeah. Hobby Logic, whatever way you want to look at it, obviously can in Canada hockey was the biggest, and OPG is a Canadian company. So, for hockey cards during that era, you go for OPG over mm-hmm, tops 100%. Right. It's worth like so how- t-
1: 10x what the tops version, John. How do you how do you this is for our listeners and people who are newer to hockey. How do you, uh, distinct between like a tops and an OPG, especially if somebody might be dealing with the raw card, right? Because, uh, OPG looks a lot rougher in terms of the edges, um, as opposed to tops, right? And right. there's other stuff like that orange mark on that, uh, on the OPG versus the tops, right? right. You want to yeah, just talk about that? Yeah.
2: You know what's funny is I don't know what happened with the the printing presses if they use different printing presses back then or like the cutting machines back then, but Opichi oh, cuts are horrible <laughs> and Tops cuts are like crisp clean, right? So, um, in terms of your question though, um, you obviously see in in small font you'll see the logo Opichi or Tops at, at the at the front. You get really confused because the cards are literally identical, but it's either the uh, OPC logo at the front in the, either the top or right hand corner. And if you flip the card, uh, I don't know if this is a case for every single set, but the Opichi cards will have French and Canadian, uh, French and English writing on the back. So that's another bit, like a dead giveaway that you're looking at Opichi.
0: That's yeah, that's a good point. Don't think you got a great deal on an Opichi card, and it happens to be tops. Right. I know people, people make a that mistake. Yeah, it happens
1: it all, all the a time, lot. even yeah. with yeah. PSA slabs like. I'm like, dude, this is a tops. It's not OPG. You're like, oh my <laughs> God. I didn't even notice the difference. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You first yeah. look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a steal. And you start looking at it and you are like, oh, hang on. Wait <laughs> a minute. Yeah.
1: You've got to be careful. I, yeah. The raw cards might might be out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't uh, buy a raw Gretzky.
2: And then I have a top five yeah. for modern, which I'll go through. So can I ask oh, you? Go what, ahead, yeah. Go ahead.
0: How, how do you define modern before you go? Like, from what year? Right. Um, 80s, so I don't, I, I don't,
2: yes, yeah, so I don't know the exact definition, but I think, I feel like 80, like right at 1980, we're going to okay. start to, I think, I remember seeing the definition one point or another, it's either like 80 or 84, or 83 or something like that. So 80, whatever the 80s is to, to present is considered okay, okay. modern. And then obviously Gretzky 79 and prior is considered vintage. Okay, fair. Yeah, so we're going 80s and up considered modern, modern. Uh, at number five, this was a tough one. I, I really went back and forth. Um, but it was between two cards. It's the Opeechee Patrick Wah, is going to mm. be the honorable mention. Yeah. So my actually number five um, is going to be the 84 Opeechee Iserman. Oh, nice.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think
2: that. Yeah. Um, a lot of cards can slot in at number five here. Um, You know, you got Brett Hall. There's a lot of all-time greats. But I just like Iserman. I think Anyone who watched hockey, number one, he was an like, absolutely fantastic player. He's probably top 15, top 20 all time. Uh, for some people, top 10. And he's just well-liked. I don't think I knew not one hockey fan that didn't like Eisenman. He was a consummate pro, kind of like a Derek Jeter type of person. Um, and he's relevant now, right? He's he's killing the GM world. Uh, he's one of the, the best GMs. So I think because of his relevance, I I gave him the edge over Patrick Wall. I think the Patrick Wall rookie card goes for a bit more. But in this spot, I, I personally like the Iserman.
1: Okay. So we got
2: Iserman. Uh, 4, 3, two are no-brainers. It's going to be at 4 McDavid. Ovechkin at 3. And for me, it's 2 Crosby. Um, we're going to go with the SP Authentic Future Watch Autos. And here, I mean, you can put any big boy cards of these guys. Obviously, at the most, most expensive would be the the cup, which is like flawless, the yeah. cup uh, rookie patch auto would be the absolute most expensive. But I think the SP authentic is is making so many moves right now, and it's it's selling like daily, right? So those are on everybody's sort of like grail list at this mo- point. Yeah, for sure. um, people will probably fight me on this list having Crosby number two, but I just, like me, I, yeah, yeah, like I just <laughs> for me, I think Crosby, when all is said and done, he's just synonymous with especially for Canadians, and Canadians sort of dominate the hockey space in the collecting world. He's synonymous with, like, greatness and Canadian... Like, when you think of, like, Captain Canada over the years, you probably think of for Gretzky, sure. and then you think of Crosby. Like, those are the two big figureheads of, like, modern era. Yeah. Um, and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. I think right now, McDavid and Ovechkin is stealing a lot of spotlight from him. But when it all is said and done, and he... Is going to retire in two, three, four years. Um, I think his card is going to really bounce back up. So even from an investment po- point, hmm. I think he's a real big buy low versus Ovechkin and uh, McDavid. And think about this: like if you guys, if anybody knew the pricing history between Crosby and Ovechkin, Crosby was always far ahead from Ovechkin. Like Ovechkin wasn't too right. far behind, but Crosby so, was um, always yeah. ahead. And it wasn't until people started murmuring about Ovechkin beating Gretzky's goal scoring record that mm-hmm. his card his cards start to to it's really get up it. there, right? So I think when people start talking about Crosby again and his career and all that, yada yada yada, um, I think he's he's a good buy-low candidate. And then okay. lastly, number one, uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be 85 OPG Mario Lemieux. That's mm-hmm. that's a grail card for so many people. I know for me, I never was able to get it as a as a young collector when I was uh, when I was younger. But I wanted that card so bad. That and the Gretzky. But yeah, that's on 85 Opici Ope- Lemieux. Big time grill card for any hockey yeah. player. Yeah,
0: for sure. Great list. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to ask, like, where's Mario? I guess you saved for <laughs> <world>. grill. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to like grill you on this. I was no, ready. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I got him
1: in there. It was him and Gretzky, man. Yeah. yeah. They were there always head to head, man. Yeah, for but. sure.
2: Two guys that when I was making this list, I was thinking about my top ten all time list, and it's sad, but I really want because in my top ten all time, I have Jager in the in the list, mm. and have Lidstrom yep. in the list. Nick Lidstrom. I think Nick Lidstrom is the second best defenseman of all time behind Bobby Orr, and it's just it's sad because those two great players had rookie cards during the junk slab era or junk wax era, mm-hmm. right? Right. right, right. So their cards are, you know, you can get the Nick Lidstrom, Premiere Premier, rookie card for like a hundred bucks in a PSA ten. Yeah, you can get the Yager for like three hundred dollars. Like, yeah, you know, when you're talking sure. like top ten all time hockey, it's it's just sad to see that those cards are at those prices. But could yeah. it be a buy low? I don't know. But
3: mm. yeah,
0: yeah, um, no, that's that's a good list. Uh, I I I think I would have preferred to sneak in patrick Roy in the number five slot yeah that's that <laughs> i went back and
2: I forth think. but i understand
0: and then there's you know with the, with these you know and anytime you make a list you're always going to have people like oh how about this player like you know mark messier like that's a yeah, big guy that's a big one right? yeah brett um, hall brett, Hull, yeah, brett, brett a hall big one. A, yeah yeah but uh it was no easy task but
1: what do you what did you think, Young, of uh, Johnny's list? I you just took me, like I said, you took me down memory lane, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> like I was, I actually collected a lot of hockey. Oh, we all did. That's man. why, that, yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, but obviously, I, I'm not into hockey right now. But uh, I, I I do agree with you guys um, that hockey is, I'm, I'm bullish on hockey just because I like the attention it's getting. I like that there's a team in las vegas to be honest i Mm. think it's a it's a great city to have to have hockey and it brings um you know more attention to it too as well so i'm looking forward to hockey and maybe dabbling into it a bit and uh maybe like like this this is what happens with clark every week you know i guess that's my ebay searches for the next couple days (laughs) 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 exactly
0: all right Thanks, John, for that education. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we'll try to do more hockey every now and then. And, uh, yeah, again, we always appreciate the feedback that we get from our podcast. You never know when we turn it into a segment like this. All right. Okay, let's end off this show then with our regular weekly segment called Pick One. All right, so this week, the Pick One is our Hot Takes edition. So what we're going to do is each of us, we're going to present two hot takes, two hobby hot takes, and then we'll debate which is – the hotter, hot, hotter, hot take, I guess, and well, what we think is more likely to happen. All right.
1: So, Hyung, you want to kick things off? Let's do it. This one is the 2022 50 home run club. Who's mm-hmm. gonna do it this year? Out of the 23-year-old studs that we have, or 22, or whatever they are, Vladimir Guerrero hits 50 home runs in 2022, or Fernando Tatis hits 50 home runs in 2022. And I emphasize this because. I feel you know um, this could potentially impact card prices a lot this year, mm-hmm. right? W- putting you know fifty home run uh, season up by one of these two young studs.
0: I like it. Uh,
2: I
1: think I think both.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, it could happen. I, though, you, it yeah. could happen, man. I actually I hope both because that's just going to shine so much light on baseball as a category. Yeah. Um. Alright, but the real pick <laughs> I, I really want I really want it to be Tatis, obviously a little bit biased because I got so many Tatis cards, but I, I think Vladi is primed to do it. I just from what we saw last year, I think I think we all believe that it was no fluke and he's gonna flirt. I think he literally will flirt with the triple crown again. Um, so he's gonna be up there regardless of he if he hits fifty or not he's going to be in contention to try to make it happen. Um, And in terms of what it does for his prices, if he does that again, if he's in triple, triple, you know, the the threat category again, I can, I got to imagine his cards start to creep into, into like a Cunha upwards of Soto kind of category in terms of prices. The Soto, you know, as, as similar as they can be, the Soto is a little bit tougher because of obviously the selection and and pop and all that stuff he's kind of in a unique situation but uh just in, in general in terms of actual pl- raw player and and stats and skill set um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick vladdy i think the he, he's got the slight edge in terms of percentage likelihood of ha- this happening mm-hmm. i like vladdy and obviously nice. tatis because of the injury the proneness yeah.
0: such a How homer pick such a homer pick <laughs> but uh <I> <laughs> I'm choosing Vladdy as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm choosing Vladdy, and and you know, it's mostly because of health. Like if for 50 right. homers, I think the person that can stay healthy uh, with that, you know, each of them having the talent that they do have, the capability of hitting 50 homers in a season, I think health will be the tiebreaker for me. So I'm going with Vladdy. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt that I have a Vladdy first Bowman Chrome Auto <laughs> card, but I also have a Tetis Tops Chrome Auto, so I kind of hedged uh, <laughs> for this question. <laughs> but, uh, guys, yeah. it had
1: nothing to do with prices. I was just asking who who would hit 50. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, oh man! If 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 either of those hit fifty, yeah, prices you're seeing will, I think, you're seeing oh, two man. three x for sure in season. I
1: think especially what you said, John Vladdy. You know, prices are so cheap, right? So if he does that with another season, the way he had last year, I think people are gonna be all in on Vladdy at that point. Like you're yeah, you're sure. talking elite superstar, one of the best hitters, you know, in the game. Um, you know, for for modern players. But uh, for me, I'm gonna actually go Tatis. I think he he just hits a lot more home runs at at, at a rate that Vladi doesn't, and he swings and misses more, I, mm-hmm. I believe, often. Um, and Vladdy's more of a pure hitter than Tatis, um, so I I think Tatis is actually gonna do it this year. I don't think Vladi's gonna do it. I mm-hmm. think he's gonna. He's gonna hit, and part of me says a lot of Vladis, I, w- I wouldn't say a lot of Vladdy's home runs because he's been hitting at ridiculous rates all season last year, but he was on fire when 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 he was playing in Buffalo. If you see his OPS um uh in Buffalo uh as opposed to the Rogers Center, his production did go down. That could have been a lot of factors, such as, you know, um he might have been tired, you know, you know, it's just a long season, but I believe Buffalo did give him an edge uh at a hitters park so i think part of his numbers were inflated a bit Mm -hmm. but what i see from tatis is a a totally different player i think his power it's not saying that tatis has more power than vlad i just think his swing just you know um he gets under a lot more balls and you see it in tatis's stats like he had like whatever he did 42 and like under 500 at bats that's insane if you if you give him 650 plate appearances a season the guy might hit 60 right so um yeah i'm gonna say tatis but i would love for both of them to do it because i think it would be great for the hobby and though that was the 2019 chase right so i'd like to see it but i'm gonna i'm not gonna go with the sweep i'm gonna say tatis is gonna do it this year oh man i love it
0: (laughs) 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 very doable yeah
2: nice one nice yep So, we got in honor of the name of our podcast, Cards of the Moon. We have to do a Cards to the Moon 1v1. So, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl and his cards, his card goes to the moon, (laughs) or Ja Morant wins the NBA championship and his card goes to the moon. now, one of these picks could be wrong by the time this this podcast ends. Yeah, that's the problem. You're shooting yeah. yourself. You're, shooting, yeah. you're either
1: looking like a genius or you're looking like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: so let's see what Clark, happens. Clark, I let here. you
1: be the first idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right.
0: Um, oh, man. This is a tough one because uh, I'm going to go with Jamarant. Like, it's a tough one because. Joe Burrow is one game away from doing he's it, right? there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But he's almost one game
1: of losing. That, that's true. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, because that's true. Way.
0: That's true also. But, I mean, and, you know, the, the Grizzlies probably won't win. But I'm I'm taking it as if if one of them wins, which one's going to go to the moon? I think it's Jammerant's basketball cards for sure. I think there's just more demand for basketball cards. And I think... Um, you know, Jammerant cards like it's definitely seen an increase, but not as um, quickly as I would have expected for the way he's performing now. Legit all star, mm-hmm. um, and he's and you know he was injured for a little bit too during the season, and he's back. Yeah. and And I wish I bought a card while he was injured, you know, and because I get this, just totally seeing it go even further higher. Um, so I'm going with Jammerant. Nice.
1: This is tough because it's exactly what what Clark said. It's like, (laughs) I don't want to pick Joe Burrow because, you know, he could be out next week by the time this podcast airs. And I've done that many times. So I've learned my last Or you could look genius. Or I could look (laughs) genius. But, you know, with football, it doesn't seem like that (laughs) that exists. So, and like Clark, like, obviously, you know, there's a 25% chance, I guess that would be the odds of, you know, Mm -hmm. Joe Joe Burrow squeaking one out. And the NBA season hasn't even, you know, been finalized yet so mm. i think and there's a lot more that john Morant has to do to attain that i guess uh, or win a mm. championship there's it, it hasn't even started right yeah but i do love to your point you made uh clark when he was injured i remember he was getting hated on a bit and mm. he was just saying you know like i i put i i, I put all the effort in you know i and when i screw up like you know, I hear it from the fans and he yeah. had a personal vendetta kind of like, you know, I'm better than all these guys that get the hype. The yeah. fact that he took Memphis to the top, like we're talking, they're on fire right now. And yeah, you and know, they're
2: third in the Western Conference.
1: Just yeah. insane for them to even be in the conversation. We're, we're saying maybe a 500 team, maybe he squeaks into the playoffs. But now you see um, where Ja took that team and. I've seen jaw prices go insane. And I like the fact that his prices went so low is because I always was bullish on jaw. I think he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. player that's gonna, you know, turn heads and he's gonna be a 30 point scorer um, you know, a season in in his career. So for me, um, even though the the route is harder to win an NBA championship based on where they are today, I'm still gonna go Ja Morant because I believe that if he does what like he wins a championship I think he's going to his prices are going to go insane because they were insane before he even won a championship so for me to have that potential I really like whereas Joe Burrow we don't know what we're going to see he might be gone next week um and it's it's just the end of the story and I if he does win a Super Bowl I think they won't go to Mahomes prices because like for me it's like Mahomes yeah. built that over a few years um, of what he's done you know fast forward Burrow does this for another you know two three seasons where he's you know wins a Super Bowl and then he's constantly incontestant yeah then it's a different story but I think realistically John Morant uh, his prices could go to the moon just because they they were already mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. so I, I I like the I like that they're retracted where they are and it's a perfect marriage with with Memphis going in, you know. At the beginning of the season, I, I think I said Miami and Golden State, so that could still happen. But I think Memphis Memphis might uh, surprise some people. Sure. Yeah,
2: I like that point about uh, Joe Burrow prices. It's also his prices right now is almost as if he's already won the Super Bowl, right? So right, it's um, yeah. So even if he wins, it, you know, I think it might create a new floor. But who knows if it actually goes to the moon? Um, but aside from that, 45 minutes ago, we all said Patrick Mahomes as our pick. So simply the fact not to contradict ourselves. <laughs> I really wanted to not be a sweep, but it's got to be a sweep. Like I don't, as, <laughs> uh, you know, um, as much as, you know, the, the Morant pick will be also pretty tough because Joe Burrow's one win away. I think if he gets past, mm-hmm. I think the Super Bowl is literally next week. If one of those, if Joe Burrow Mahomes moves on, that's probably going to be the Super Bowl champ, right? Um, so he's w- literally one game away, whereas Jaw has a big battle ahead of right. him. It looks It's looking nice if they end up in third or second or something like that. This is the first time I think the Grizzlies will have home court. Probably means Ja is going to exit out of the first round. I mean, like, move on from the, the first round, and his prices could start to really move, right, even if he doesn't end up with the championship. So... um. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a sweep. It's gonna be jaw, um, right. but mostly just on the fact that I really I you know what do I know about football? But based on what I saw, <laughs> I feel like the Chiefs are gonna destroy Cincinnati, and, and that's probably not something the Bengals fans want to hear. But that's sort of what I believe. So based just, I think the Bengals stri- fans
1: are happy, just happy as
0: is yeah. right now. They got where they are, and they have a stud quarterback for yeah. the
1: future. <laughs> yeah, there absolutely for sure.
0: Yeah, I like it still. All right. Speaking of the Chiefs, my pick one, hot takes are Patrick Mahomes in the future. Patrick Mahomes rookie cards will surpass Tom Brady rookie cards in value. It's hot take, right? Hot <laughs> take versus hey, this is called hot take for a reason. Versus Connor McDavid rookie cards will surpass Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in value.
1: This was tough at first for me, Clark. It really threw me a wrinkle in my brain that I didn't (laughs) like. But then I thought about it and I said, you know what? Mahomes cards might surpass Tom Brady's if it hasn't already. So I actually checked, and the highest value Mahomes card did sell for 4.3 million versus 3.1 million. So for me, I know that's a RPA and it's not your typical rookie cards because Brady Bowman chromes just are unaffordable compared to Mahomes, like the say prism, right? Or even XRC. I, I don't even know what XRCs are at, but they're, they're two totally different cards. But the fact that, uh, a, a Mahomes outsold a Tom Brady for all time sales gives me that advantage, like automatically that mm-hmm. as opposed to McDavid, um, I think, his highest card sale was one hundred thirty five thousand versus the three point seven five million in the Gretzky. Right, so for me, I feel like the the, the Mahomes. It's, I think the Mahomes is going to be a lot easier to catch up to Brady. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Just in in general, just for both because they still have a long ways. But I think because the Mahomes already outsold Brady in terms of the highest card value, I think it's it only makes sense that I see that trend continuing um you know with with Mahomes uh so I'm okay. gonna pick Mahomes All right. likely to do that over I should, I should have done my research before I <laughs> <this
0: one. laughs>
1: if that oh, never wow. happened you still pick if, Mahomes <laughs> uh, <laughs> that for, it, that, that's why it was very tough that's but that's just one sale right because yeah, it, yeah. it was like an RPA right so it's like I don't really necessarily count RPAs one of ones or you know special sales because i th- i think your point was rookie cards right. so i just took like the base right. in general the average base in general yeah. exactly yeah. yeah i'm just That's using I mean. that as a reference point yeah
0: sure
2: sure makes sense still john
1: man i i'm i'm really
2: messed up right now because <laughs> i i think i looked at this one of one in the way that clark wanted to us to look at it in that do we feel that patrick mahomes is going to be a bigger goat than Tom Brady versus McDavid being a bigger goat than Wayne Gretzky. That's the way I was looking at it, but then the mm-hmm. moment Hyung talked about actual rookie card prices, I was like, "Dang, he's he's right." I was like, "Oh shoot." <laughs> um man, I you, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to stick with my original thought of I don't think neither neither of these um, sure. is going to happen. This is, this is like the <laughs> <is laughs> hot hottest yeah. hottest of takes. I want to get
0: hot tonight. All right, right. let's go.
2: <laughs> but, you know, as much as I love Wayne Gretzky, I think Tom Brady's status, his GOAT status, is just, you can't get there. I don't think anybody is going to get to his status in our lifetime, no matter how good Patrick Mahomes is. Um, I could pro- maybe say the same about Gretzky. Um, but in the two completely unlikelihoods because Tom Brady's <laughs> status and where he is and his championships and all of that jazz it's just too unattainable I'm going to go the other side and pick Con McDavid uh, will surpass Wayne Gretzky rookie cards and I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm seeing it more from a player versus player perspective rather than mm. technically like the actual values of cards because if you think, think about Connor McDavid RPA versus like a $4 million Wayne Gretzky PSA 10, you know, probably not going to happen. But yeah, from a player versus player perspective, I'm going to go with McDavid over Gretzky. Okay. Which sounds, yeah. which even sounds silly that I'm saying that. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I guess this was more of a difficult one because it's how you frame the question, right? But yeah, if you think about it on average, Patrick Mahomes rookie cards versus Tom Brady rookie cards. You know, and you eliminate all the outliers, like the RPAs and whatnot. And the same thing with the McDavid rookie cards, like Young Guns, for example, versus, I guess, um, Gretzky Tops, you know, as a, as right. a benchmark. Right. Um, yeah, because I, I, I put this out because I was debating back and forth myself, but I think... Whew, I think I'm going to go with Mahomes' rookie cards will surpass Tom Brady. And I get it. Brady's a legend. Like, he'll always be a legend. But I think with um, if you look at the the achievements that Mahomes is going to do, and it's already done, Super Bowl, and just the way he's probably going to win a Super Bowl again this year, and, um, you know, with a subpar defensive team, you know what I mean? If the Chiefs get even better next season Um, they're already probably favorites to win Um, you know if anyone if any QB is likely to overtake Brady during their length of their career I I probably would put Mahomes there and if I did the same test with McDavid like the Oilers are just a mess right Mm -hmm. like they can't do anything right it seems even with the talent that they have and you know McDavid obviously is the best player in the league but you know Will not winning a Stanley Cup um, impact his prices? Maybe you know. I, I don't. Right now, I can't foresee the Oilers making a big change unless McDavid goes to another team, and I can't even picture that either right now. So, um, yeah, for those reasons, I'm going with Mahomes. Like I think at the end of the day, everyone mm. stays healthy. You know, he might, you know, compete for Brady's records, and and then I think Ooh. current price values will follow. So. Ooh Hot takes. Hot takes. takes. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right. So we got one sweep out of uh, uh, this week's pick one hot takes. But uh, yeah, it's always, I feel like it's always getting more difficult week after week. All right. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Cards to the Moon. Again, if you have any feedback, good or constructive, we'd love to hear it. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Cards to the Moon and DM us there if you like. all right, thanks again, and we'll see everyone next week. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.